you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. idea of our scriptures as story uh, for the last few weeks of, uh, of what scripture is and what it does. We're working on a theological document across the church, and one part of that is a doctrine of scripture. What, what do we believe about it? What do we, uh, what do we uh, take from it? What do we bring to it? Um, and, and it's been profound to think of it, for me, as story, because that's not how I was raised uh, with scripture. Scripture uh, in my home church was, was, at least I perceived, a rule book, uh, a set of things you had to do uh, to be gods. Um, there are moments that I'm sure I put it on myself because people, nobody else seems to have the story, but I also read it as the like cosmic fire insurance book. You, you did this to make sure you didn't go to hell. You, you read it and, uh, and everything would be okay. I came to seminary longing uh, for a better doctrine of scripture. And uh, I had to pay $1,500 for a class that finally introduced me to a $9 book that changed my life forever. It's the story of God and the story of us by uh, Sean Gladding. He's a pastor here in town. He came out of Texas Tech. Uh, Wesley Foundation came uh, over here and has uh, spent the rest of his career telling the story. The story of God and the story of us starts from uh, creation and goes all the way to the consummation of the kingdom of heaven, walking us through the Bible in uh, like novel form. So instead of the thou shouts and the this and that, it's uh, this person sitting with this person telling the story. And, and uh, it changed me dramatically because uh, it did two things. It, it let me grasp the whole of scripture and it helped me find my place in it. It helped me see uh, that I was this character <laughs> instead of this character it helped me see that I wasn't Jesus in the story. I was often uh, this other person in the story. And Sean talks regularly about how the world tells our story. This is one of his like, catchphrases. You know, we all have them. We say them all the time. And he says this every single time you bring him in to talk to a group. The world loves to tell our story. Um, and he, he, reflecting on this, talks about how we individually tell our story, but then how there's uh, stories that uh, the world is telling, and they don't even realize how it is telling the Jesus story. So I posted on Facebook this week. I, don't, I didn't do TikTok or Snapchat or anything. I'm, I'm barely hanging on with Facebook here. Um, so I know there's a demographic that replied to me. I'm aware, uh, and I will just celebrate it. I posted, where do you see the world telling our story? See, I had already thought about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and especially the Iron Man arc, where he goes and kind of takes on things for us and dies for us. I had thought about Harry Potter. Friends, there's some pure gospel in Harry, Harry Potter if you uh, pause a moment to, to look for it. And I got diverse responses. I got, um, what all did I get? Star Wars, Frozen, Encanto, Lord of the Rings. I should have said Lord of the Rings at the beginning because, I mean, literally he said I'm writing this about God. Um, the Secret Garden, don't know that one, but uh, The Grinch, I, I found this one hard to, but apparently The Grinch is full of provenient grace. So that was posted. The Mandalorian, The Matrix, 
Uh, Brandy Hassman made sure that Simon Birch was on this list. Um, I've never heard of this, but I've now Wikipedia'd it, and apparently there is our story there. My Aunt Karen from Fresno, California, said that in the third season of Star Wars Picard, there are two episodes that tell uh, our story. We tell a story everywhere we go, and the world tells our story. I went and saw Newsies fairly recently, and we have become a Newsies-obsessed family. I told Allison, my sister who's here up here, she's visiting, I said, I'm going to promise you, as soon as the kids get in the car after school, they're going to want to hear the Newsies soundtrack. And uh, Parker, who is five years old and is still figuring things out, has most of the soundtrack memorized. Um, and so we're singing these things out, and I don't want to push the story too far, but this, this arc of uh, looking out for another and, and giving yourself to caring for those who uh, the world has kind of pushed aside and, and offering yourself up in some ways is the story of Newsies. I don't want to go too far, because if you make it all line up, it doesn't work, but it, I've been struck by that. I've been struck how our story is, even in something as bad as Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, it's a terrible movie. It's atrocious. But you can find our story there. The book of Acts is full of stories. It's not full of uh, theological propositions that we have to uh, debate. It's full of story that bear witness to God working in a particular time and a particular place. We started a few weeks ago uh, with the story of, uh, of Jesus ascending, the Spirit coming down at Pentecost, and uh, these first Jewish Christians uh, kind of giving birth to the church. We jumped fairly significantly ahead last week uh, to the story of the stoning of Stephen. Stephen has uh, declared uh, the story in front of the wrong people, and they kill him. Uh, at the very tail end of that story, we read that and Paul was, or Saul was there, and he agreed with his death. We, we briefly glanced at Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and then we jump all the way to this week. We go from last week's text where Paul was Saul sitting on the outside of the story, and in this week in, in Acts 17, we get to a whole new part of the story. Paul is now grizzled, itinerant preacher. We get to the story of, of Paul who has gone from persecuting Christians to going and telling the story. And Paul does this in a beauty, beautifully contextualized way. Paul goes into each town, and he goes where he knows uh, first. He goes to the synagogues, and he goes to meet kind of the established groups, but then he goes into the culture. And he looks around and he finds the story that their culture tells. What, what is happening in this city? What is, what is going on? And in our text today, he gets to Athens, and he uh, arrives and finds a city full of opulence, full of, uh, of uh, the great wonders of the world, full of uh, worship of all these uh, Greek deities, and then he finds this tomb to honor an unknown God. We've heard Paul tell the story in other places, and it's like this. Jesus is the Messiah we were talking about in Israel, right? Because usually uh, we're connecting this to a church that has some Jewish background. Paul now at this church, it's not even a church yet, does something totally different. Instead of saying, let me tell you how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament, he says, this God you don't know, let me tell you uh, how I know him. This God that you can't even name has a name. And this God who you think is out there has proven himself to be out there through the, the raising of this one from the dead. He never mentions the word Jesus, but he goes to where they are and meets them in this moment and tells the story. If Paul had come in and preached his same uh, message that he would preach to a, 
a Jewish congregation on the outskirts of Jerusalem uh, to this, this uh, kind of pantheon of high thinkers in Athens, it would have uh, not gone over well. This is uh, the heights of the intellectual uh, kind of philosophical movement, and Paul has, has frustrated uh, the Stoics and the Epicureans. The Epicureans uh, were looking for pleasure in whatever way possible, and this is how you achieve the highest of spiritualities. You find pleasure both in the physical and in the transcendent men men uh, mental pleasure. And he makes them really frustrated, and then he, uh, he, he also deals with the Stoics, where you need to kind of deny yourself and uh, stay calm in the midst of things and not uh, rise to a frenetic frenzy over anything. The ability to kind of hold yourself in tension is the heights of revelation. And, and Paul comes to these groups and says, actually, what, what you've got going on is that you don't know who this God is, and I'm going to tell you that this God is the God who created the universe. This is the God who uh, brought all things into being. This is the God who uh, went even to the point of death and who came back to life. Paul tells the story in a way they can understand it. This morning, Brad asked how things were, and I was like, well, I think I'm pretty good. At uh, the end of the sermon, uh, I'm not sure where we're going with it. Uh, and so, as about 30 minutes ago, I wasn't sure where we're going with it. Mm -hmm. There's a couple ways we could go, right? It's always frustrating, because y'all know the ham is ready, the deviled eggs are deviled, and the jello salad is... Somebody's got jello salad today, I know you do. So, you want me to wrap this up and not wander through an ending, right? Paul names that which is unnamed so that they might know the one who is unknown. This was going to be a sermon ending about apologetics, and you need to go find your story and go tell your story and go uh, evangelize in this way to the people you are, wherever you are. I, I think, first, what I got struck by this morning is that uh, this text is asking us, where have we encountered an unknown God? Where are we sitting at a distance and knowing there is something good happening? Where have we uh, made gods out of things in our life instead of uh, turning to the one? What are the deities in your family, in your friend group? What are the things that uh, elevate to the status of divine, and what are the things that uh, probably are divine and get pushed down because they're uncomfortable? I've been reflecting on our family story. I find myself often telling Josiah, this is uh, what Grandpa did, or this is what Grandma did. And I've been struck about how uh, they both encountered God in dramatically different ways, and then they told the story in dramatically different ways. My father was the visibly pious one. Three-hour devotionals every morning. He's, he was disabled, so he had disability retirement, and he could just stay at home and... and he cooked amazing meals and cleaned the house. We can talk about Daddy later. But uh, he, uh, very outwardly pious, and volunteered with the youth group and went on every trip Alice and I ever went on. Sometimes we were embarrassed, sometimes we weren't. Um, but he told this story where uh, these things are very visible. And so he would seem to be uh, the very spiritual one. And it was pretty late in life that I heard Mom talking about how, you know, I don't do the things like your dad, but, um, but everybody thinks he's a better Christian than me. And I've been reflecting on how she tells the story, or told the story. 
how in the gentle moments of uh, raising me, y'all, I was a handful. Whenever y'all start talking about your, your kids who are struggling, usually I have a point of entry for you that I can tell you all about mine. Um, me, mine, not just I, mine, me, mine. Um, she never would say, let me tell you what Jesus would do right now. But instead, she would absolutely tell the gospel. When somebody would come and, uh, and bully me or hurt my feelings or break my heart, she was there embodying love. When uh, I would uh, come home after having moved out and would uh, be in the midst of some struggle, she never said the word Jesus, but she told the story. She had uh, things in her life that she had to work through. Dad had things in his life that he had to work through. And yet, both their lives told the story of the same Jesus. I know a lot of your stories, and I know a lot of the places where there has been um, an unknown God. May we look to those places and see where our known God is. May we name the unnamed. May we know the unknown. And may we be transformed first by this. Before we send each other out to go and tell the story to the world, may we tell the story to ourselves. May we know the love of the same God, this God who was declared in Athens and who is with us today. May we set aside the unknown gods in our life and point to the one who is and who was and who is to come. Amen? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your people have been telling your story since day one. Lord, open our eyes to see the story of our lives and where you are in the thick of it. Help us see those places where uh, we have made uh, gods out of other things or where we have been looking for answers. Pull back the blinders that cover our eyes and help us see your presence in our story. And then shape and form us so that when we go forth, our lives are a story. Would you pour out your love on us in your grace and mighty ways that we might be transformed more into your image and that we might show the world your love. I pray all this in the name of the one who did die and who was raised, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.